exceptions or no exceptions? That, my friends, is the question as we head to next week's debate on House Bill 5399. We'll break down the bill, where we believe the House stands, and where South Carolinians stand on the issue of abortion today on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. And we welcome you in to the fastest-growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Justin Hall, Dave Wilson here with you. And, Dave, we have a big week coming up next week. The House is set to reconvene on Tuesday, August the 30th. It's a big week. It's a big actually. week. College football returns next week. Which is really important for you. Which is really important it's for like me therapy. and most Americans, Mo- <laughs> uh, at least those south of the Mason-Dixon. Welcome to South Carolina in the South. But right. but the bigger issue is on Tuesday at 1 o'clock when the House of Representatives reconvenes in the playground right down the road. Uh, but this is not playground material. This is very serious business. House Bill 5399, the Human Life Protection Act, is going to be debated on the House floor. It received a positive report out of committee, and now it goes to the floor. Remember, that committee vote was 13 to 7 to 5, not voting. And the big issue, as I alluded to in the, in the, in the cold open, Dave, exceptions or no exceptions. That appears to be where the dividing line is now on the future of this legislation. Everything boils down to, as it has always been on pro-life legislation, rape, incest, and life of the mother. Yep. If you take a look at polling over time, those issues have always had a particular viewpoint yes. by South Carolinians on these issues. So let's break those three down. Rape and incest are crimes. Correct. Punishable by law in South Carolina. Punishable by law and, and in so many cases are the devastating impact of other issues that are going on out there. Sure. And we have talked about a lot of those issues, everything from from what's being done on human trafficking to what's going on in the pornography and how do we combat that. So those factors play into that. And, and so often when it comes to abortion and the issue of rape and incest, we are, we're talking about the life of, of a child, yes. often, who is a victim of a crime. So much needs to be focused not only on the needs of that child, but on the perpetrator as well yep. to ensure that that person, you said it before, I don't mind if they end up underneath, you know, underneath the concrete in the house. I've said, I've said worse, you than, said that worse than, than that on this show. I think, I think the bigger issue here, Dave, and I, I want to make this point. I was asked last night, how are things going? Uh, are you busy? Are you able to kind of take a breath? <laughs> there is no taking there a breath. There is no taking a breath. Right. The fact is, this is an issue that we're debating now. End of August. It'll be end of September. This is going to go to the Senate. Um, the heartbeat bill was one thing. Right. Dave. We're talking about a piece of legislation here that could very well, if passed out of the House clean... And that's the legislation right legislation there. Legislation right here um, would end all abortions in South Carolina, period. Um, an abortion will be allowed in the event that the life of the mother is at risk. When we're talking statistics, that is a scant number in terms of the overall percentage of abortions in South Carolina. 
But then you get into, we talked about this from the committee, where you have, obviously, Democrats are not going to support this legislation. They're just not going to. It's not part of the party plan. I don't know. Is, is abortion rights in the party platform now for the Democrats? I think they adopted some. Uh, yeah, they, they've adopted abortion rights. It's no longer rights. safe, legal, and rare. No. It's like safe, legal, and always. often. And yes. often. So Democrats aren't going to support this. Here's what, here's to preview for you what's going to have to happen on Tuesday. The first thing that's going to have to happen, I want to make sure you understand, You we don't want exceptions added to the bill. However, don't get that confused with amendments. Because right. amendments will be brought to the table, most importantly, adding the language to the bill. Right, because if you actually go to sestatehouse.gov right now, and you go and you search for a piece of legislation, and you type in 5399, that is the bill number for um, for the Human Life Protection Act. Mm-hmm. It says, Title 44 of the 1976 Code is amended by adding colon blank. Yes. So this this right here That's the amendment that would be adopted. fills in the blank, and then section two says this act takes effect upon the approval by the governor. The important thing to keep in mind in this piece of legislation right now is it it ends abortion in South Carolina right now, with the exception of some very specifically outlined issues of women's health. This Crazy. is a bill that protects the rights of women's health care when it comes to abortion so that things like ectopic pregnancies are covered. Molar and partial molar pregnancies, miscarriage treatment. Miscarriage treatment is not an abortion, but it, again, you have the same type of procedures. Uh, severe preeclampsia and HELP syndrome, H-E-L-L-P. Uh, abruptio placente, maternal trauma, uterine rupture, intrauterine fetal demise. If separation of the child from the womb is required to save the mother's life or health, the doctor must take all measures to deliver and preserve the life of an in utero child within medical reason while also saving the mother's life. Right. So all of the issues that we heard during house testimony a few weeks ago correct, are really now covered in the House Amendment, the House Judiciary Commitment, mm-hmm. Committee Amendment to yes. the bill, 5399. Yes. That does a great job of providing a level of protection for women with health care issues. It gets past the way that the issue has been conflated by the pro-abortion side who have said, well, you know, a, a miscarriage. What do you do when a woman has a miscarriage? She can't have that child removed, and now that she's going to get septic and she's going to end up dying from that. No, no, no. It, it's very clear. And as Justin said a minute ago, the procedure, the actual medical procedure for removing a child who has died in utero and a child who is still alive in utero is medically the same procedure. It is the removal. The difference between a miscarriage and an abortion is whether or not that child inside the woman's womb is alive or not at that time. So this is where Planned Parenthood and the left... And, and the Democrats are doing a, a, a phenomenal job of trying to confuse the issue. Yeah, they are. This language, now as part of the law in South Carolina, as it would be at, if 5399 passes, would do a great job of defining those things so that women's health care issues are taken care of. There is no confusion. Hospitals know what the rules are. Doctors know what the rules are because it's clearly outlined. That is the exception for the life of the mother. 
That brings us back to the other exceptions which have been typically part of the discussion. Rape and incest. When a, when a woman or a girl has been raped or there has been incest, which is basically rape by a family member, then that has had a different level of opinion among South Carolinians over time. Now, there are sides, there, there are two very distinct sides on the pro-life side. Those who say zero exceptions and those who say we should have exceptions. And the question becomes one of where is public opinion in South Carolina and is your viewpoint being conveyed to your legislator on this issue? That's why you listen to the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. That's why you're involved like you are. That's why we're asking you to share this podcast with your friends so that they can understand and get past the bluster that you're going to be hearing in the media over the next week to get down to the true issues that are there. And we're going to break those things down a little bit further. One more thing I want to mention here is we we talk about conflation and um, the misrepresentation of things because words have no meaning in 2022. This bill doesn't prevent access to contraception. In fact, this very same legislative body expanded access to contraception in this previous legislative session. That happened. We watched it because you tried to tack on medical marijuana to it. Right. We saw that happen. Um, this does not prevent IVF. This does not prevent in vitro fertilization. That's a different topic when we start getting into let's you know select the embryos. Let's implant eight and select. Right. right? That, that's a different conversation. But this does not prevent in vitro fertilization. There is nothing in this amendment that will become the bill on Tuesday that criminalizes women. Nothing there. In fact... Many will argue on one side that it doesn't do enough to criminalize abortion providers. Right. One could make the argument. Um, This bill does not prevent South Carolina citizens from traveling to another state to get an abortion. If this were to become law, there is nothing in this bill that criminalizes women who literally drive to Charlotte to have an abortion because that is unconstitutional. You can't do that. You can't prevent interstate travel between neighboring states. What's interesting about this, Dave, is we're talking about um, public opinion now on the issue of rape and incest. Because, again, when we talk about the exception clause, we're talking about rape and incest. And life of the mother is like over here, sort of, because life of the mother is kind of understood. But that's the other part in this is this bill, 5399, the Mm -hmm. Human Life Protection Act, addresses the health of the mother issue. So that's now off the table when it comes to the discussion about amendments to the to any amendments to the bill. Correct. Because those are fully outlined, medically approved, the the things that are in there are very clearly defining so that healthcare professionals know what is considered to be Which legal. is clever. Yeah. Which is clever and I say it this way because now opponents of the bill cannot use that. Right. Now you have to go a little bit further and talk about the rape and incest factor or go a little bit further and just say you just want it all together because you want it, I guess, yeah. would be the thing. So this this is a poll done by Winthrop, a Winthrop poll in 2019. So this is before the Dobbs decision, obviously. This was even before the 2020 presidential election. Right. So these numbers are a little dated, but they're really the most recent that can be found. If you have more recent data that you would like to send to me, please, please do so. Um, this is the question that was asked. Do you believe – and when, when you look at polling, look at the question. Please look at the question. Let's tangent here real quick. I want to talk about that. Having done polling over the years, 
it is always in the question that's being asked, not the way that it's being conveyed. Correct. You need to look at, and, and if somebody ever tells you, you know, well, 75% of people believe this, either, you know, they believe it or they strongly agree with it. That can be some level of a conflated or, you know, what is the difference between number. strongly agree and, and mostly agree? agree right. And, and agree. So, so as we talk about this Winthrop poll back in 2019, I want you to take a listen to the specifics on the question because there were three specific questions that were done in this Winthrop poll mm-hmm. that really bring some level of definition that that's not just a headline number. It, there's a significant difference Correct. in the way the questions are asked. So this question, by the way, the abortion questions quickly followed the gun questions. Nothing just interesting. particular in there. Uh, first question. Do you believe a woman should or should not be able to legally obtain an abortion if her doctor says the pregnancy is a threat to her health or that the fetus is not viable? They have a note. If the caller asks what not viable means, you were to say, quote, unlikely to survive after birth. Okay. Interesting numbers that come off of this. All respondents, 73 said that the woman should be able to legally obtain an abortion if her doctor says the pregnancy is a threat to her viability. So that's almost three out of four South Carolinians, because these are percentage numbers. 73% of the respondents said that she should be able to have one. 7% said they weren't sure. 17% said absolutely not. And 4% refused to answer the question. When you break that number down, those who identify as GOP or leaning GOP, 67% said the woman should. 24% said the woman should not. Democrats, including those who lean Democrat, 82% said the woman should be able to. 10% said that she should not. White evangelicals, 58% said the woman should. 31%, that's, see, there's the number. 31% said the woman should not. All evangelicals, it's 63 to 26. People who attend church weekly, in all denominations, 65% said the woman should be able to. 23% said the woman should not be well, able And to. it's interesting on this point, too, because you look at that in 65 and 23, that makes up about 88%. There were 12% of respondents <clears throat> mm-hmm. who said they're not sure or they refuse to answer the question. Mm-hmm. Which is why you listen to this podcast, because you want to be informed on the issue. Because a lot of times... Polling doesn't take into account the fact that sometimes people are not educated on an issue. Mm. We have lived for 50 years with the concept that Roe versus Wade conveyed, which is you have a constitutional right to abortion. Which, again, does not exist. Doesn't exist. Just like three generations ago, before Plessy versus Ferguson, before or from Plessy versus Ferguson up until Brown versus Board of Education, we had a whole society that believed that separate but equal was appropriate yep. because our Supreme Court said so. It took several generations to change that mentality. The same thing is is happening right now, and you can see it in these poll numbers. Abortion is legal in some places. It is illegal in other places. What we're hoping to do is abortion becomes unthinkable. Correct. It's not a legality issue. It needs to become unthinkable, just like slavery is unthinkable, like separate but equal is unthinkable. That's where we've got to be moving towards 
as pro-life supporters. It is not just about pro-birth. It is about the life of a person from birth, from conception to birth, to growth, to, to marriage and beyond, to natural death. That entire scope right there. So when we talk about this abortion issue, understand it fits itself into a much broader scheme of the issues that really do matter. It does. I'm going to keep rolling on these numbers, these uh, statistics. You're going to want to pay attention to this, but if you if you feel like you need to check out, don't encourage it. But if you do, make sure to come back in with us because in a little bit we're going to be looking at what we believe is going to happen next week. Right. So before we before we go on, here here's the next uh, question. Do you believe a woman should or should not be able to legally obtain an abortion if the pregnancy was caused by rape or incest? Here are the numbers on your screen. You see all respondents, 70% of them said that a woman should be able to obtain legally an abortion if the pregnancy was caused by those two um, instances. 20% said that they should not. What's interesting here is if you do the math, that's nine, that's um, 101%, which is interesting, but they ra- so they round so Plus or minus. This, they round the numbers yeah. so that they so that you're right. so it's you so at it's least have single digits. So again, just a note. Whole numbers, excuse whole me. Whole numbers. GOP leaners 59% said that the woman should be able to in those circumstances 32% said that they should not. I, this is the number that I find fascinating. Democrats, including those who lean Democrat, 84% said the woman should be able to in those circumstances. 8% said they should not. You see the numbers on your screen with white evangelicals. That is a razor-thin margin, in my opinion. Um, all evangelicals, 54, 34, and then attending church weekly folks, 56 to 32. There is an interesting factor if you look at this compared to the previous one. Only one of these does the number actually go up from the first question to the second question. And that is among Democrat leaners. And it goes up by two percentage points. It goes up by two percentage points. That should there be rape or incest, that you should be able to have an abortion. And I think there, there are different viewpoints that different political ideologies take. Democrats tend to be more socially driven. They tend to be people who think about things from, from that type of social, cultural viewpoint. Republicans tend to take a little bit more of a, a statistical view towards pragmatic. Things, the pragmatic side of yep. it, uh, a limited. And, and so when you look at this, you've got to recognize that most everybody said, wait a minute, there's a value to life here. I mean, the numbers, overall respondents dropped 3%. GOP leaners, when it came to rape and incest, that number dropped by nearly 10%. Right. Same thing among, it's 12% for white evangelicals. All evangelicals dropped by 9%. So there was a, a statement in here when it came to rape and incest that there is a support for protecting that life despite the circumstances of how the child was conceived. And again, I know this is a, this is a podcast about abortion, so I'm sure we're going to get our fair share of love on the comment section. But I just want to make this point abundantly clear. I understand what it looks like when I'm talking about this. I'm not blind to that, okay? I get it. The simple fact is, again, I have my own personal story about, and I, I think that factors in more to question from Table 20 that we'll get to in a second. But as Dave just mentioned, 
all life is valuable. Every single person, no matter how no matter how your life begins. I love the conversation that the founder of Babylon B had with Joe Rogan on Joe Rogan's podcast. If you ever thought you'd see that, wow. That was an interesting conversation. The question conversation. was, he right. said, I disagree with you on the fact that life begins in conception. You believe that that's that magical moment. And Seth Dillon said, well, what's where's that magic moment for you then? For me, it's at conception. Where's yours? Is it week 14? What makes that the magic moment? And Joe didn't have an answer because... Because truth is inescapable, number one. But number two, we just have differing viewpoints on this at that point, but we also have it when it comes to this, unfortunately. What you're a product of does not place value on you. A person being a product of rape, a child of a product of rape, that occurrence does not put certain value on you. You are literally formed in the image of God. So where you come from, that does not put inerrant value on your life or take away value from your life. Now, again, knowing where I'm sitting, I get it. I've I've never been in the situation, again, but understand the numbers drop. Do they drop significantly? Eh, depends on your perspective. But they do drop. Yeah. And they drop even more here on this next question. Well, and before we jump to the next question, I think I go back to the Joe Rogan comment. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think most of the time people have not stopped to actually think about this issue. They spout the talking point. Yeah, it's, it's easy to do talking points. It's easy. And, and part of the reason that we're digging into these numbers from 2019 for you today is so that you're not listening to the opinion of, of us. You're actually listening to... Scientific polling that was done in South Carolina. I'll give you my opinion if you want it, though. Who, who, to, to let you know where people stand. Mm-hmm. Because there are principles that drive what it is that we do. And our principles drive our policies. Our policies is where our, where our, our government derives its information. It derives the laws that it creates and the things that it does. Those are the policies that we develop as part of legislation, what our bureaucracies do, how we run our government, everything else that goes along with that. But our principles are the core values that we have. And I've had this conversation before, Justin, and we've talked about this off the air. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that sometimes when you get into a situation where you're in a group of 124 people, as is in the South Carolina House, or 46 members, as in the South Carolina Senate, you have 124 people's principles that are walking into that room at one Correct. time. You are it makes the house so much fun. Right. So you have that many people coming into the room. They bring their principles. They bring their ideas. They bring their own talking points to the table. Mm-hmm. And somewhere among that 124 people, you've got to have a consensus of at least 63 of them because that's 50 plus one, 50% plus one, mm-hmm. in order to pass a law. We live in a republic. Keep that part in mind. Wait. Yes. I thought we lived in a pure democracy. If that was the case, and 5.2 million of us would be showing up at the state house next week to vote on this issue. But guess what? We don't live in a pure democracy. Right. Okay, just make sure. Upon the, let's go back. Okay. 
pledge of allegiance. Let's do this. Can we I do pledge that allegiance? We, we can, and and they still can in Fargo, North Dakota. That's true. Because they reinstated it. If you pledge missed that point, go back a few podcasts. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United, United States, States of America and to the Republic. Republic. Because remember when the woman came up to Benjamin Franklin at the Constitutional Convention yes, and said, what kind of government do we have? And his answer was, it's a republic. What? If you can keep it. We have a republic form of government, which means like this. That. We elect people from our community to represent us as our representatives in the House and the Senate, as our governor as well, to represent our viewpoint. Now... Does your representative always agree with your viewpoint? No. No. Certainly not, always. not some of our senators. Right. And so as you begin to look at this, this yeah. is why we rewind here and go, elections matter. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on the soapbox one more time and say five out of six people in South Carolina did not uh, did not involve themselves in the primary election process. And by that, he means didn't vote. They didn't vote. Five out of six Registered voters in South Carolina did not show up at the polls in June for the primary. So don't complain about what you do or do not have when it comes to your government here if you're not participating in the process. If you're watching or listening to this, most likely you're part of the one out of six that actually did show up to vote because you care about the issues. We've got to engage the public on these issues. If you want to see an abortion law passed that has no exceptions save the issues where the life of the mother is defined as to the the medical procedures that can and should be performed in case of an emergency to protect the life of the mother and, oh, by the way, do everything you can to protect the life of the child. Mm -hmm. If you want to have that law, support 5399 exactly as it is, with no other exceptions. Numbers on polling say that not all South Carolinians are there. So here's the question. Where do you stand on this issue? And have you let your representative in the House of Representatives know where you stand on the issue? That's important. Final question here uh, from this Winthrop poll in 2019. Here it is on your screen. Do you believe a woman should or should not be able to legally obtain an abortion if the pregnancy was unplanned and... She does not feel ready or able to care for a child. All respondents said 40%. Only 40% of them said that that woman should have the uh, legal option to obtain an abortion. This is the sound of numbers significantly dropping. 40 to 52. uh, GOP was even lower, 22 to 72%. 72% saying that the woman should not be able to legally obtain an abortion. Democrats, that number is still well above 50%. 62% say yes. 31 no, white evangelicals 1679, uh, 2470 for evangelicals and churchgoers, uh, weekly churchgoers 25 to 68, majority of folks, uh, 52% of those polled say that uh, the woman should not be able to legally obtain an abortion uh, for convenience. House Bill 5399 outlines that abortion cannot be used as birth control in South Carolina. And here's... And, I, and, and that matches up yeah. with what we see here. Yes, it does. It very clearly defines that when you look at public opinion. More than 50%, that would be called a majority, believe that you should not be able to use birth, use abortion as birth control. Right. 
here's the here's the thing, and I'll just say this before we take a quick break um, and and talk about what's coming up on Monday and then in October. Um, young woman gets pregnant shortly after high school. Uh, neither neither her nor the father of the child have a college degree. They work hard and they work normal blue collar jobs to raise the child get married have another child um, the fact the simple fact is that child in the United States of America still has the ability to do anything they put their mind to and 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 52% of South Carolinians say that that child has a right to live and if we can just willy-nilly then I got to be careful there. Yeah. Uh, if we can just make the choice to say, you know what, not really ready. I don't think I'm really there yet mentally. I've heard, Dave, maybe you you have kids, uh, one or two. Just a few. Are you ever really ready? Are you ever really mentally ready? Hey, Certainly part- <clears throat> not for the first one. No, your first. I mean, the first time you ever look at a, a pregnancy test and you look at it and you go, okay, my life is getting ready to change. And it changes with everyone. It changes with every child. And and that is a place as a as a father, as a man, I look at that and go, Okay, that's a that's a mentality shift into a different gear of Time adulthood. Gotta step up. Gotta step, Got step into a, the levels of responsibility. And we take sexuality so casually now as a society. This is the product of that. What you're seeing now is an openness almost a the willy-nilly kind of hey listen sex is just like anything else you just do it and there should be no consequences for being able to have sex all all choices all cho- every choice you make what you had for breakfast this morning that choice has consequences right it whether could either you, make you healthier or not you, right. whether you work out or not that has a consequence more specifically who you choose to marry has consequences where you choose to work has consequences and when you engage in the act of sexual intercourse, there is always the chance for a child. Do you know why, Dave? Why because is that? that's why we have that. The whole purpose of that action is to create life. Literally. Literally. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. Now, we, in our infinite wisdom as humans, have conjured up ways to try to stop that. But ultimately, that's the reason it's there. So my point is... of respondents to this Winthrop poll in 2019 in South Carolina, 52% said a woman should not be able to legally obtain an abortion if just because the pregnancy was unplanned or the woman doesn't feel ready or able to take care of the child. House Bill 5399 takes care of that and says no. Abortions in South Carolina as birth control ain't going to happen. When we come back, we're going to look at what we think might happen in the House uh, on Tuesday. Again, that is a broad prognostication and one that we can't really iron down but i do want to make you aware of one thing that's happening at the state house on monday august the 29th at 4 p.m here it is on your screen uh it is going to be the sanctity of human life prayer event prayer rally at the state house i encourage you to be there we had a time of prayer before the session started and in this legislative session we saw conservative biblically principled things happen 
Like 10 of them. <laughs> 10 things in our state house, y'all. Like if you grew up in South Carolina, breaking the mold here. Yeah. Why? Because as anything, if it's bathed in prayer, you'll be amazed at the results. If you truly humble, your, humble yourselves and turn your mm-hmm. eyes upon me. Shocking. Uh, I think it's in the Bible somewhere. The point is, be there Monday, August 29th at 4 p.m. as we pray for what's going to happen. Pray for what you want to happen. But also pray for every single one of those 124 representatives who are going to be in that room on Tuesday. Because every single one of them, every single one of them is has the same value as you do. Every single one of them is, is, is a person with a soul. And... Again, I'm reading through Second Kings right now, and it's amazing what the Lord does through evil kings. But specifically, I'm not calling anybody evil, but I'm saying it's amazing who he uses to fulfill his purpose. So Monday, August 29th, 4 p.m., make plans to be there. You can go on Facebook. You can minimize this into the bottom of the screen and go to the event page um, and, and click that you're going. Let us know you're going to be there, and we'll see you Monday, August 29th at 4 p.m. for the Sanctity of Human Life prayer event. Not only that, Next week's a big week because on Thursday, tickets go on sale. That's right. Tickets go on sale for the biggest event of the fall that doesn't involve a pigskin. Um, it may be the biggest event of the fall, that, whether it does or does not involve a pigskin. True. Because on October 15th, Allie Beth Stuckey is coming to Columbia, South Carolina. Take a look. Christianity has done more good for more people than any other entity or force in the world by far, period. Allie Beth Stuckey is coming to Columbia on October the 15th. Join Palmetto Family Council as we welcome Allie Beth along with multiple prominent conservative voices as we gear up for the fight ahead. We will not be deterred. We will not be intimidated. We will not be shut up. We will not sit down. We will not slow down. We will double down. Tickets go on sale September 1st. That Gear Up event is going to be happening at the Double Tree here in Columbia, Saturday, October 15th. Now, people look at like, it's Saturday in the fall in I'm South Carolina. I'm not a fan of Saturday weddings in the fall, are, Dave. Are you just, I'm just saying, here's the thing about it. Carolina has got a bye week. Yes, they do. And Clemson is in Tallahassee. Tallahassee. They're, playing, they're playing the Seminoles of Florida State. So, make plans now. Tickets go on sale on Thursday, September 1st. Yes, they do. That's We're going to have different packages that are going to be available for you. If you're interested in doing some different, uh, getting some extra time with Allie Beth Stuckey, uh, getting some behind-the-scenes things that are going on here at Palmetto Family, you're going to want to be a part of that. So make sure that you've got your tickets for September. They go on sale September 1st for our October 15th event, the Gear Up Conference here in Columbia as we get geared up not only for next year's legislative session, but more importantly, gearing up for the November 2022 election, making sure that the Christian vote turns out. And that's the weekend, if you're a Gamecock fan, you know this, that's between Kentucky and Texas A&M. You need a reprieve. (laughs) You definitely do. you 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 need to block out the football and deal with the conservative issues that actually matter in South Carolina anyway. We move on now. If you if you missed the first half of the show, go back and listen to it um, as we talked about the statistics and the numbers of the polling from from the state of South Carolina. And now, Dave, we get to wear our prognosticator hat. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll make this as brief as we can. So on Tuesday... I, I want to I preface this. Uh-huh. There are a lot of people who have a lot of opinions about how they want things to go. The discussion that we're going to have now is exactly what you see on game day on ESPN. I don't have a head I don't have here. 
Someone get me, someone get me a John McCravey headgear, <laughs> or a or a Merle Smith headgear. headgear. Anyone have a Davy Hyatt headgear? I would love to have a Davy Hyatt headgear. Just Maybe Gary Smith. I don't know somebody who who would be a good one. Oh. Who would be your pick if you could have one person? It's like you know the fat heads that you can the big on the head on, on game yeah. day. So, so who, you, who, make, who would, you make a mask. Oh, I, head. mine totally. Speaker Merle Smith. Speaker Merle Smith has has come into his own as Speaker of the House. He has said, "Listen, we're going to stand up on issues, uh, and in a way that, and, and I think you're going to see very quickly, and how this works itself out, how Merle Smith's House of Representatives is going to operate under his leadership as Speaker of the House." I don't know who I would pick. I don't know who I would pick. I think I know who I would pick from the Senate. I think mine would be Senator Alexander. Senator Alexander would definitely be or Senator Peeler. That those are those aren't big heads. Those are just big shoes. That's to true. That's true. Okay, so as so we so as we prognosticate, day. we're going to be talking through some things, and some of it you're going to sit there and go, "I can't believe y'all said that," because well, believe it. Here's here's where we're going to break it down as to most likely how it could go. So that you are aware of that and you can get past the bluster that you're going to be reading in the media and actually be in the know about what's happening. That's why this is important. So you need 63. Right. Okay, let's get into the lines here. You need 63. Because you have to have 50% of the House of Representatives plus one. So that means of the 124 members, 50% would be 62 plus one would make 63. 63. Now... Within the House of Representatives, you have 43 Democrats. We know where they're going to go. That leaves us with a magic number of 20. 20. Now, here's here's just where it gets interesting. This is like, I'm not even going to try to make the comparison. You're going to have the bill. Someone is going to propose, they're going to get up to the front, and they're going to propose an amendment. To add exceptions to the bill. For rape and incest. For rape and incest. That, y'all, as sure as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, I can tell you with 100% certainty that's going to happen on Tuesday. Yeah. The question would be, who does it come from? How is it written? How is it, and who it comes from determines how it's written. That would determine who votes for it. Because all too That's a lot often, of ifs. it's a lot of ifs. That, and again, there are a lot of ifs that go into this. So as we look at this particular bill, we know that we, we're down to 20 people right. who now numbers coming back, kind of prognosticated, educated guest numbers, say at least 12 members of the House Republicans caucus, caucus have turned around and said they're not going to vote for anything that doesn't have exceptions for rape and incest. That breaks us down to eight. So in the mathematics of this, the question is, can you keep eight members on the other side of this issue where we say no exceptions whatsoever? Right. Keep in mind, this is also kind of like the football. We've got two halves of this game that's going to go on here. Okay, You're going to have the house half of the game and when and or if the bill comes out of the House, because there's always the possibility that the House, very unlikely, but that the House could turn around and vote down and just vote to not pass this bill, 5399. It is not uncommon for a bill to be voted down. 
How quick? Here's your question. Well, let me one last thing. One last thing. If 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 it does pass, then the second half of the game goes on to the Senate, and that is a completely different. It's just like going into halftime. You're going to have a completely different set of plays that you might be running because you're going to see what worked over here on the first half, and you may change strategy on the second half. So it really depends on what comes out of the House. How much of the vote from Heartbeat plays into this? Can can, can folks go, I'm looking right now, I can pull up the roll call vote from S1, SC Fetal Heartbeat Protection from Abortion Act, on February 17, 2021 at 220. It was second reading. It was. So this, so there's 79, three readings. 79 yeas, 35 nays, seven people didn't vote. You can go look that up, Dave. Yes. When they look that up, can they use that as kind of South Carolina plays Georgia State week one? I promise you Arkansas for the week two matchup is going to look at tape from when South Carolina played Georgia State to try to get an idea of what Shane Beamer and Spencer Rattler are going to do offensively. Can folks look at this vote from heartbeat and say, ah, I can't I get an idea. This is kind of like looking at film. It is. It is. It's looking at what plays were run last time. How did it go it down? So you can look at this and go, okay, based upon this, we can get a sense of how the vote's going to go. Keep in mind, Heartbeat did have included in it language for exceptions for rape and incest with reporting to law enforcement. Let's always keep this in mind, folks. Rape and incest are crimes, Crimes need to be reported. Correct. Now, I'm going to use the the Ohio analogy here. Okay, the ten year old girl who was there was incest going on in the family. Well, yeah, the boyfriend. The yeah. boyfriend uh, of the mom. Correct. In the house. Correct. The girl gets pregnant by the mom's boyfriend who raped her. Yeah. Who raped her? That's so. When we take that factor. When that goes into play here, you've got to go then, okay, in this particular case, what goes on here? That is part of the exceptions that get put in here. But keep in mind, the man who perpetrated the rape or incest needs to have justice executed on him because that is a crime against that woman or girl. And that's one of the things that we always, why we say it needs to be rape and incest with reporting. Even if that means you're reporting your mama's boyfriend Mm -hmm. on this particular case. Because guess what? Mama's boyfriend raped the girl. And that's where we've got to keep that part of the focus on this as well. So prognostication is really hard here. Because if you look at that number, Dave, 79 yays on that second reading vote, three people were had an excused absence. Right. Seven people didn't vote. There, the will of the body has changed slightly in some factions. Right. I can tell you with extreme certainty that there is a faction of the House that says, not going to vote for a bill if it doesn't have if it has exceptions on it. And there's a not whole other there's a whole other faction that's also within the House that says I'm not going to vote for a bill if it doesn't have exceptions in there. So you've literally this is by the way all within the Republican side of the right. House because the Democrats are going to vote straight up party easy. line. This is easy, but they're with, not going to vote for the bill. But within the Republican caucus. You've got three separate camps 
how does that play itself out? I don't know. I'm being as honest as I can. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't know. Do you? Do you? Are exceptions added at the last minute? I don't know. And then if they are, do you have enough of? A, is the faction big enough that it won't vote for that at all? To bring you below the sixty-three mark, right? Will pure politics? Let's just real quick. Yeah, we've had these conversations. Yeah. Let's say exceptions get put on the bill through amendment, mm-hmm. and you get sixty-three on that, and you put exceptions on the amendment again. Position here doesn't need exceptions. H fifty-three nine nine is a great bill. Pass it, clean. Okay, but if that were to happen. Would those who do not want exceptions be willing to put their name with the forty-three Democrats? Well, that, and there, there's the big question. Or do they That's just politics. go? That's or do politics. they go? I'm just not going to vote. Because keep this part in mind too. There are times where members will not vote yes or no. They won't vote at all. Now take you a walk. Gotta they go take to a walk. Bathroom. So that's where. You've got. There's always going to be a whip count, a vote mm-hmm. count that's going to be going on, and so that's what you've got. This is kind of like there are going to be plenty of times in this debate next week to go back to our football analogy, where they're going to be calling an audible on the floor. There's going to be a move that's going to have to be made, and and certain whips are going to have to get votes wrangled up in order to get this done. Do exceptions get added in the House? There's a good likelihood that they could. Will it be enough to pass the bill? I think Representative Speaker Merle Smith wants the bill passed. I think they're going to do, and he's going to place the pressure to get the bill out of the House and over to the Senate. Whether that includes exceptions or not is the question. I think somewhere along the way, either in the House version or the Senate, the House or the Senate vote, I think exceptions get added to the bill at some point. During this discussion, whether we like it or not, principles lead to policies. Policies are defined by the politics, and that's about counting votes. And I just don't know that the vote count is going to be there for it. This is the conversation we've had for the better part of a week off camera. We wanted to bring this conversation to you on camera so you understand what's going on inside the South Carolina House of Representatives that starts on Tuesday. We'll be here moment by moment play-by-play, letting you know what's going on. Expect to hear from us a lot next week as we try to keep you informed as to what's going on. Because they're going to start debate on Tuesday. So, again, let's let's back up. Monday, 4 o'clock, we're asking you to come to the Statehouse to have a time of prayer for the sanctity of human life in South Carolina. Because if we don't bathe this effort in prayer... I can guarantee you the spiritual warfare is bringing itself to the state house because Planned Parenthood and their allies have reserved almost every space on the state house campus for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and the ex- next week, and the next week to begin to place pressure and protest while the debate is going on. It is going to be one heck of a couple of weeks in South Carolina politics, especially for a time period that's after the legislative session, in a special session, in the fall, 
in South Carolina on before, the issue of abortion. Before a midterm election. Before a midterm election. Where every House seat is up for grabs. There you go. And the governor's race is going on. Those all play huge factors in all of it. this. I love I'm such a nerd. I just got excited. <laughs> I don't know what I'm more excited for, y'all. Next next Tuesday or next Saturday. I can't really make a point. I probably could be excited for both at just different times. Just different types of excitement. Be yes. be sure that you have downloaded the Palmetto Family Council app. Make sure that you are signed up for our email alerts. You can do all of that at palmettofamily.org. Make sure you do that. If you want to invest in the work we're doing to make sure that you stay up to date on everything going on, that's how this all happens. Right. You can do that at palmettofamily.org slash donate. You'll get more information on Allie Beth Stuckey's event coming up on September 1st. Tickets will be available then. And, of course, as Dave just mentioned, Monday, August 29th, 4 p.m. at the State House. Make plans to be there for that. Thank you for joining us for this two-part episode. We broke it up a little bit because we had to. Of the south, of the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, also the greatest. It's fine. It is um, for because you're listening to it. Because you're listening to it, there, that means it's and, the greatest. Oh, and by the way, you're also right now. You're stopping. You're you're pick up your phone and and hit the share button. Yes, please share it with your friends. If you're on Facebook, you're watching it here. Share it. Provide because people need to know what's going on. As a recovering journalist, you're not going to get this depth of information in a two-minute newscast story on your local news. It is not going to go into this level of depth. No. And you need to let your friends, your neighbors, your colleagues know what's actually going on at the State House right here on the fastest growing conservative podcast in South Carolina. For Kevin Caiello, for Mitch Prosser, for Dave Wilson, I'm Justin Hall. Our entire team at Palmetto Family thanks you for being a part of the show today. Until next week, and what a week it will be, we'll see you then.